Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris, Rob, and Willie. We're back. Season we 2. Here. Uh, sorry, episode 2 of season 6. Yeah, season 2. Episode 2 of season 6. Back. It's the Full 40, part of the Nova Insider Network. Still working out the kinks of the initial introduction. Um, but we're here, and this podcast is meant to recap the off-season. We promised this. Willie and I had a podcast by ourselves a couple a couple weeks ago. And we promised you guys that we would recap the off-season. We know we kind of just let it all hang out and didn't do anything over the summer. Um, but we're back. Willie's on board. You met Willie in the last episode. Rob's back from Europe. hey Drinking wine and shit and... Uh, and a lot of beer, actually. A lot of beer, far, which is far, far surprising. More, yeah, I, I'm not a beer guy, but I actually drank a lot of beer. I have my whiskey ready. I saw Willie hitting the Tapo Chico. The Tapo Chico from over the summer. Rob has also got the the whiskey going. So I will I will say for our listeners, I missed last episode, obviously, but I'm starting to make up for it already. I'm a couple of glasses of wine deep already. I now have my whiskey, so apologies in advance. We're going to try and hit some midseason form, some midseason Kansas form, if you remember way back when. Hopefully, yeah. we don't get that bad. Yeah, we were absolutely fucking obliterating having doing the podcast. Yikes. All right, let's get into this. So, the number one topic that happened in the off season was obviously. The fact that Jalen Brunson had a good offseason, right? Like everyone agreed Huge. that was that was the big. That, that was, was the it. Big... He got engaged. That's what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. He got yeah. engaged. Yeah, he he, had, he played a couple games in the postseason for the Mavericks, and that was obviously the big one. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, right? Like everything this offseason, everything seemed like it was hunky dory, right? We got come off a of Final Four. Uh, we do our episode of the forties. At that moment, everyone's like, okay, we're just rolling into next season. We got good recruits coming in. Yeah, nothing really going to happen in Nova Nation lands. A lot of a lot of turnover around the Big East. Seton Hall signing a new coach. Uh, Butler and Xavier are signing new coaches. And everything's just kind of like That's coming cool. along in Nova Nation land. And then one Wednesday, I come home from work. I look down at Twitter, and it says, breaking. Jay Wright to retire. And I think everyone saw that tweet and everyone had the same reaction of what the entire fuck is happening. <laughs> right? Like, like, like one of those why? Where... Right? Like, who's sick? Who's sick? Who's hurt? What scandal? What what happens? Like, like everyone was trying to figure out, like, whatever. The amount of rumors that were generated in the in the ensuing like 30 minutes after that tweet are are were outrageous and it rained it was wide range i mean people had him sick patty sick god forbid like you know like all kinds of different scandal suggestions um left and right some of which still continue to fester and we'll get into that in a little bit but it was absolutely crazy it was 
I'm pretty sure it was a Wednesday. Wednesday, it's like it's like six o'clock. Everything is happy and fine. Six thirty. Oh my God, what the fuck is this? Seven o'clock. The world is literally crashing and burning. It was. It all happened in in, in an hour. All of a sudden, there's a a new uh, there, there's an announcement saying yes, this is actually official. Jay Wright is retiring, and they're going to hire Kyle Neptune as the next head coach. And it was just like one after the other after the other. And everyone's just like trying to keep their heads on straight. And then two days later, the press conference. Press conference, Jay Wright, Father Peter, Kyle Neptune, and and uh, Mark Jackson. And boom, new era of Villanova basketball. And that's it. One of the wildest uh, weeks that I could ever remember and it also drew all these crazy comparisons. People were like, look at Jay just exits the right way versus Coach K and his whole fucking road show. And it was the whole – everything was just all over the place. Everyone's emotions were all over the place. And it was probably the worst week of my entire life. Wow. <laughs> that's, but, that's bold. Heavy. But no, but in, in all seriousness, it was, it, was, it was outrageous. Can you guys remember, like, what you guys were – Thinking, feeling, going through where you were in that moment. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was about to say, it's one of those moments where I know exactly where I was. I know exactly what was going on. I was going to go meet my lovely girlfriend for dinner and because it was right around 6 o'clock. And I'm walking to the restaurant in Chinatown of Boston. And I look down at my phone and I see the Shams tweet saying, Jay Wright retires. And in my head, I was like, this must be another Jay Wright from another another situation <laughs> i keep drilling down and i find out that this is indeed true needless to say dinner was ruined um i was not there i was on my phone it was me and tw- it was me and twitter having a nice dinner and my girlfriend just sitting there watching me <laughs> drill down and, and drill down deeper and deeper onto twitter figure out what the heck's going on sift through all the rumors patty's sick jay's sick jay has a job offer from the sixers jay's going to the celtics whatever it may have been at the time drill through all those rumors. Um, but yeah, so it's one of those days I'm never going to forget because I just know exactly where I was. Like, I think I can remember what I was wearing. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty in-depth. I don't know. For me, it was kind of like, I don't know. I had a, I had kind of an interesting reaction. I was just kind of like, no way, that's crazy. Like, oh, okay, well, good for him. All right. Well, that was interesting. Guess we'll see how next season's going to go. And it was, I don't know, it was almost like a lack of feeling. But I will say, at the same time, I remember feeling very distinctly excited for Jay if nothing else bad was happening. If he wasn't sick, if Patty wasn't sick, if he didn't kill somebody, all that stuff. I was like, well, good for him. Like He made a life decision that few people actually get to make and then actually take the action to make of realizing, hey... I'm in a good spot and I'm going to change some stuff up in my life because I'm interested in pursuing something different for whatever remaining years that I have left. Not that Jay's an old guy, but he's also right before he was 59 or something like that, right? When he retired. So it's like, look, you know, you only get so many years here and make the best of them. And if you want to choose to do something different, then by all means go and optimize for whatever your happiness is. So it was an interesting day. I, I definitely, was like kind of obviously in shock, but felt pretty excited for him too. Obviously, whatever that means for the program, I don't know. I guess for me, it kind of sums up how we always talk about the players. And we've always talked about on this podcast how we're always excited for the players 
to go pursue their MBA dreams because we're trying to optimize for them and for their happiness and, and their output. And I kind of took the same approach for Jay. It's like, look, if, if this is what you want to do and that makes you happy and that's going to be like a good outcome for you, then like by all means go do it and we'll be okay. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it was, I think it was just uh, the emotions were just everywhere, right? Like it was just something so unexpected and then, and then it happened so abruptly. Um, it didn't feel like, like I kept thinking to myself in that time frame when people were making, I, I brought this up before the, the coach K J and how they retired comparison. There was something about the K retirement that was like, okay, the fans who who have loved this guy whether we like him or not like it's a different story but the fans who have liked this guy for years were able to were able to give k his roses right like and i feel like jay we didn't get that opportunity with him and i kind of wish that we could like i like i think that's kind of my i think there's there's a little bit there where i was like man is it did i want him to get like a, a standing ovation in every campus around the country or conference this year. No, but like, it would have been nice to kind of have a sense to this so that like, A, I had time to process it and B, I had time to enjoy this, this season, like great season for the program, uh, big East tournament championship, final four run. Like, had I known the, the, that Jay White was retiring in that context, like the final four run would have seemed even that much more, monumentous momentous whatever i'm trying to say Mon like it would have felt like better i momentous. was yeah momentous is the word i'm trying to think monumentous. Monumentous, monumental monumentous. And, monumental and momentous combined <laughs> um <laughs> but i was i i truly was um i i was sad about that i i, I wanted to be able to kind of give him his give him his due um as as the head coach of villanova now that being said other elements, uh, other elements to this was that it happened abruptly. And the truth is, I don't know if Villanova was truly prepared for this. Like, I think we have to have that conversation because the story that was told at the press conference was that Jay approached Mark Jackson before the Big East tournament saying, I think this might be it for me. Then at the end of the Big East tournament, when they won, it was like, hey, yeah, this is probably it. And uh, we're going to go on this NCAA tournament ride. And then uh, and then literally within a few weeks, and the team kept winning and whatever, there was no announcement, obviously. But all quiet on the Western Front, no noise from anybody anywhere. We can only assume that Father Peter and Mark Jackson were trying to convince him to not leave. But what Jay told in the press conference was purely, pure and simply, uh, I had to call Mark and say, hey, what's going on with this new head coach thing? Because, like, I want to make an announcement and get this, you know, get this over with. Right. Like, so I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Like, I have a funny feeling if we're being candid. That, that Jay told him that Mark and Father Peter thought he's too young. He's not actually going to retire. He's just feeling it, whatever. We can at least kick the can down the road a year. Like, he's not going to retire off a Big East championship in the Final Four. Like, yada, yada, yada. I think they literally thought that and didn't move make action. And then if you listen to Kyle Neptune's elements of the press conference, he basically seemed like, uh, yeah, you just called me a couple days ago. I was surprised when I heard the news, too. Well, Chris, we conducted a 
thorough national search. We explored all opportunities here. I don't understand why you're not giving the process it's due, which was clearly a long, thought-out, uh, in-depth exploration. I know I got a call. I think you got a call. I think Willie even got a call. So it's multiple. Willie made it farther than we did. He got multiple yeah. calls. I didn't get multiple calls. It's bullshit. I don't know. Anyway. But yes, I see your point. I see your point, Chris. It was a Probably took a lot of people by uh, by surprise, more than just the fan base. It seemed like it took the people who already knew by surprise. <laughs> Here we so are. So here's my take with that. I think I think it's twofold. I think we were very much taken by surprise. I think, like you said, the whole entire process. Jay told Mark, told Father Peter. They kept trying to convince him. Jay wasn't convinced. I think they thought they had more time, and Jay's like, "Let's get this over." I completely agree with you there. What I think is so interesting is there wasn't at least a national level leak, even like deep Villanova embedded people leaks until the announcement came out. And there wasn't the Jay Wright's retiring, Villanova starts its head coach search. It was Jay Wright's retiring, Kyle Neptune's ready. So as much as it was, holy crap, what's going on? If you looked at it from a national level, it was, Villanova, Jay, Jay Wright left, Kyle Neptune was automatically called in, and it was just that seamless. Jay Wright yeah. tapped his, uh, his, what's the word I'm looking for? Successor. His successor. Yeah, his successor. And then his moment, monumentous, moment, monumentous successor. <laughs> um, and then from there, rolled off into the sunset. So it's super interesting that, like, we definitely had that level of where I feel like we were completely unprepared. But then it also came out very much like Villanova handles things in-house. It was done in-house and it was done very quietly. And then wipe your hands of it. We're moving on. It did. It did. It totally came off of it because I'm telling you, people all across the country, like UConn fans, like Syracuse fans, everyone across the country were just like, wow, look how classy Jay Wright was and how organized this Villanova thing was. Like, And it was so funny because I was like, this wasn't organized at all. <laughs> Now, I, I will say, if our listeners did listen carefully, back in, uh, I think it was a February episode, we did, we did tease something because we, we, we did get some insider information that if Jay made a Final Four run, it might be, it might be his, last, his last hurrah. So if you go back, I think it's one of our February episodes. I'm just kidding. We, did, we didn't know anything. Um, that would have been, been pretty good, though. Like I missed that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Test. Did we actually have? I'm actually serious though. Did we have a conversation like around the, around the final four time with K, K retiring no. about any of that? No, no. no. Okay. I was trying to think. Hundred percent not. There's no, no I, chance. I, I, like literally, like it's just like no. We were we were just on at that point. We were just like absolutely running because we did back to back to back Big East tournament games, and we were just <laughs> going from one thing to another. Then we're in the final four, and good God, we're trying to get down to New Orleans. Which can we can we pick a big city? That has a lot of airports and a lot of flights that go into it. it makes it getting to the final four easy. I don't know. Just yeah. Deal with all that shit. I wish, I wish we had made that call. We, we've that. covered that. We've covered that. Let's covered not that. go back that way. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say something though. So I made the point that it was that if we're being honest with ourselves, it was totally abrupt and Villanova wasn't prepared in any of that. Like we all agree there. But that being said, let's just talk about results. The head coach of Villanova was going to be one of three people. Truth be told, it was going to be one of two people. It was going to be Colin Neptune, Ashley Howard, or Baker Dunleavy. That's it. 
Like we were not going to do a national coaching search. Search. We were not going to hire the next John Calipari. We're not going to hire Eric Musselman. We're not going to hire any of these people floating around, like Sean Miller, whatever it may be. That's not Villanova's style, right? Like Roly Massimino was the head coach. Steve Lapis was the assistant for Roly Massimino. Jay Wright was the assistant for Roly Massimino, right? Like Villanova's been in the family for for decades, right? So it was going to be a Jay Wright disciple who is going to be the head coach of Villanova after Jay left. So like when we actually like turn back, like I don't know why Mark Jackson had to even say we conducted a national coaching search. Like you didn't have to say that. You could say no, no, he had to say it because if you don't say it, then the fan base is going to be like, well, this is ridiculous. You didn't conduct a national search. It could be something else. It's simply a cover your ass statement. Yeah, that's 100% what it is. But, but reality, though, is that we knew it was going to be one of those few people. And it wasn't going to be Ashley Howard because, candidly, like, whether it was situational or whatever, like, the LaSalle gig didn't go according to plan. So, and I blame that as much on LaSalle as I do on him. I don't really blame him. It's just a complete lack of investment in the program. I mean, he's got to bring by his own freaking smoke Look, machine to play at the Bill Tom Belich- Bola arena. Bill Belichick coached the Browns before he coached the Patriots. So, right. Just saying. Fair enough. But, yeah. but well, there was a time when the Patriots were pretty bad. But yeah, so. we don't remember those times anymore. But that being said, um, that being said, it was going to be Kyle Neptune. Or Baker Dunleavy, and in the few seasons that Baker Dunleavy was at Quinnipiac, he's done fine. It hasn't been dramatic. In the one season that Kyle Neptune was there, so A, he was fresh, the freshest to the program, and B, and B, the other part was he took his team that is consistently in the gutter and got them to 500, which around the New York area was considered to be like an absolutely unbelievable job. That yeah. he did. So Kyle Neptune was hot. He was most recent to the program. He recruited some of the players that he that are going to be playing for him. So he was kind of the natural fit for who was going to succeed Jay Wright. Right. So like that all makes sense. Right. Like at the end of the day, this organized or not, I think we got to the answer that we would have gotten to if we conducted a five week coaching search. Yeah, pr- probably true. Yeah, right? completely right. Should we talk about Kyle Neptune? I do want to address one more thing on the Jay Wright thing. Rumors, right? Like, and everyone you talk to is like, I thought I, I thought these people all the time. Well, you know, I've heard on, on, on good word, good authority, that uh, that there was uh, some scandalous situations going on with uh, Jay and he wanted to get out before they broke, right? Like, I've, again, if I talked to one person, I've talked to a million who have said the same freaking thing. Here's the reality, people. You have no fucking clue. Nobody in Villanova alum, nobody, Nova Nation, anyone on any message board, Twitter, anything, knew a goddamn thing about this retirement before it happened. It was as abrupt to everybody as humanly possible. I'm not saying that there wasn't anything. I'm just saying that the person that you're talking to is lying. They don't know. So the reality of the situation is, is that we don't know if there was another reason. Thank God it's not health related because that would have come out. But the reality of the situation is, I don't have to play with that. I genuinely believe, Rob, to your point before, that Jay was happy. He made enough money. He was tired from years. Uh, he was tired from several years in a row of of being out of town every summer. He was just in the he was just in the Olympics all summer long, dealing with COVID for two years. 
He got COVID himself once, twice, maybe three times. Like, guy was probably fucking exhausted and just said, I'm I'm staying, I'm taking a step back. I don't want to do this anymore. So for all the rumors that are out there, I be- the, the official story is actually quite believable. Hell, I'm 35. I just had a kid. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Retirement doesn't sound like a bad idea. Right? Like, so like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, obviously, like, we all want to make endless sums of money forever. But do you want to be Jim Beheim either? No. So I believe the official story. Yeah, I agree with that. I think what leads me to like really lean in on that and believe that is Jay would always talk about don't mess with happy, which I think was a quote from Joe Valvano. And then I think before that, Jay, uh, George Ravelin. Um, and it's just the quote that don't mess with happy. And I think Jay was truly just happy. He had done everything he needed to do. There was nothing else to be done. I think if I'm like putting on my tinfoil hat, I think he was probably a little pissed that we kept winning in the final four. Not like actually pissed, but he was like, I'm ready to retire. And these guys aren't giving me a reason to. And he had to stay on his game a little bit longer than he thought he was going to have to. So I think he was happy. And I, I th- I'm with you. I think it was just kind of like, a, I'm just going to roll out and do it on my way, which is for anyone who has been around Jay or has heard any stories about him. This is a very Jay Wright way to go out. It is. It is. And with that, I think we can move to the Kyle Neptune hiring. So we talked a little bit about how it happened, but um, so wh- where where are we at with with the Kyle Neptune thing? Um, because I will tell you, in my mind, he passed his first few tests. First. The test, the first test, number one, was the opening presser, which was obviously going to be a nerve wracking situation. He was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, but hey, looks good in the suit. He's going to bring back the suits for at least the first game. So that's that's a test number zero. Test number one was get the recruits that Jay Wright got back into signing. I did right? that, and you passed with flying colors on it. Yeah, because obviously, that, yes. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, the fact that he was able to keep Cam, I I mean, Mark and Brendan. Mark, I think, made the most sense to stay. I think yes. he's local. It made sense. I there thought was playing time. There was playing yeah, time. There was playing yeah. time. It made sense. Brendan, I was a little bit like, all right, from a like skill level perspective, not that he's not good. He's going to be very great for us, but he's not Cam Whitmore, and also he's from Texas. There's a chance he's going to want to go home because why are you going to move from home to go play for a coach who's only coached for one year at Fordham? Who's he, not a Hall of Fame coach? <laughs> who's not a Hall of Fame coach? Who's not Jay Wright? I think Kyle's going to be great. He's not Jay Wright. And then the big one was Cam because, frankly, Cam. What I think what I think what people need to take a step back and realize from a recruiting standpoint is when we were recruiting Cam a year ago, he was a four-star recruit. People were just beginning to be like, "Oh, this might be a first-round talent." When Jay retired, it was around this. The, the McDonald's All-American stuff had just had already happened, so Cam had already popped on the national scene. And it was, oh, this is a top 10 pick that's now potentially open. So we know every big school came calling. I wouldn't be surprised if the G League Ignite came calling. Like there was a lot of work to be done to keep Cam because, frankly, he could go anywhere and do well and play. And Kyle was able to keep him here. And that in of itself is a huge win. And there's stuff we can talk a little about later, but like why we haven't signed any other recruits. But I think it's because that main focus was keep the culture, which is a thing that you've heard throughout the program. We're going to keep hearing that for this year, probably into next year. It was keep the culture and not having anyone leave 
sans Brian Antoine was so huge to keeping the culture of Villanova. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I mean, to me, it was, it, it was huge and everyone played a role in that, but like Kyle Neptune is the guy who you, they ultimately have to put their trust in, right? Like you're coming to a school, all these schools, especially in the NIL days now, like all these schools are putting offers in front of these kids that are like life changing, right? Like, like this is, this is a big thing. And Kyle Neptune had to basically say, I know the Hall of Fame coach is retired, but here's why you should stick here. All the things that you already liked about Villanova are still here. And and I have this X, Y, and Z. Minus the Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, minus, minus the Hall of Fame coach. And I have this X, Y, and Z behind me, and this is what I want to do, and I got to sell you on this vision again. And he did that, and he got all of them back. Armstrong was right away. I will always, always have a soft spot for Mark Armstrong because he was the first domino and he announced it like immediately. Like it was, it was within days. He was like, I'm not, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> and, and, and he said, I'm in. And then Whitmore came next. And then Housen was the one who's like, I got to go up to campus and like recheck this out. He comes, goes to campus, comes back home. And he's like, I'm staying, right? Like, and that to me, like, I'll go in a slightly different order. Like, I agree with you on the Whitmore thing. Whitmore had the most options, no debate. But Housen was like the easy one for him to be like, I go to Baylor, right? Like, I could go to like another school anywhere, like in this vicinity, Texas, whatever, right? Like, and go to a and go to a good school where I'll probably get playing time much sooner too. So it was I it was an incredible job done over there. I want to talk about one other thing with Neptune. Not only, I mentioned his suit game, but not only do I like his suit game in the opening press conference, but he might be bringing the turtleneck suit because he's worn that a few times already. And I got to say, that is that is on point. I am, well, I am very excited for the turtleneck suit. I, I'm just excited to get a little bit more suit style. I, I've been a, a little bit of a hater on Jay's suit game for the past couple of years, I think. Uh, rightfully so, because I think Jay Jay gets a lot of credit because he's basically in shape and wears a suit that somewhat fits. I think the style could have been updated over the past few years, but you know we'll see what Kyle can do. And I think you're right. I think Kyle is stepping into it well. We'll see what it brings. I will say full credit to Jay for rocking the sweatsuit game pretty well over the past couple years. So I don't know what I don't know what Kyle's yeah. going to look like in the sweatsuit, I but know. I do. I I am a big fan. Of a sport coat and a turtleneck, so he's got that. Yeah, he's got that. Got, a, got a double. He's got that look going um, from uh, the 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 from Vision and WandaVision with the turtleneck. <laughs> he's got that kind yeah. of look going <laughs> with the turtleneck. <laughs> That's a great call out. Terrible. <laughs> oh Terrible. man. Um, but the hilarious thing about this whole summer was that every time Kyle Neptune got interviewed like hey how is it going how's it been he goes it's gonna feel weird when the actual season starts because because that's when we're used to jay being around but everything's been kind of business as usual um here on the main line (laughs) it's kind of like it's kind of like we're used to jay not being around all summer so i'm kind of sitting in the head coach's office waiting for jay to just come back from the olympics or wherever the hell he is um and he's just not going to do that but the other interesting thing is that Jay is still kind of lingering. He's been at absolutely everything. 
Um, and his fingerprints are all over the program program still. So, you know, in, in the Coach K situation, which I keep alluding back to, like Coach K is just like, I'm not going to go to any games. Like, I'm done. Right? Like, Jay seems to be like, I'm going to ride this out on the sidelines. Like, I'm going to be there. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, a little, it's a little weird, to be honest. It, it's a, it is a little bit weird, but I, I almost wonder if, if, if part of this idea is that instead of naming a successor and transitioning it to them in that one year, you name the successor, you install him as the head coach. Jay's still getting paid by the university, right, as the assistant to the president. And, and Jay kind of like background coaches for a, a few years to kind of help Neptune get his feet under him. So it's almost like the transition doesn't happen with the new coach stepping in right away. The transition happens with the old coach lingering. That seems terrible. I mean, if, if that if that's what it is, that that is like management, like like the opposite of one hundred and one. That's absolutely terrible. It sets up a, a super weird precedent where people are always constantly looking over your shoulders. But so I mean, every that, report is that Jay's still around, and he's still he's been everywhere. I mean, I'm just saying it doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. th- that that may be the case, but like that's literally like actually why a, a coach in waiting makes way more sense because you can transition it while people are still looking to the coach who's actually the coach versus looking to the person who's not the coach. So yeah. whatever, if that is the case, I think that's, I think that's a super weird way to do it, but whatever. One last thing I want to call it that we didn't touch on that Nap had done really well. And I don't know if this, how much of this was Nap, how much of this is just the culture of Villanova, but none of the assistant coaches left either. Cause yeah. I know we mentioned Baker, we mentioned Ashley, but George was also up for the job. George Halkovich was also up for the job and he didn't leave. Nardi didn't leave. Wayne didn't leave. Everyone stayed there. So just a good job all around. Kudos to Kyle for just keeping everything the same. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of with you. It would be very weird for Jay to still be kind of touching things. Um, I get it a bit more from a programmatical standpoint. Um, on the court, I would be very surprised if it's if Jay's fingers are still really on. I hope, I mean, I, I hope not. I hope we see plenty. I hope we see a number of of things where Kyle is able to kind of put his own touch on stuff. And I think one of the things that we've talked a lot about, which will probably come into play a lot this year is, is the role the, and we'll get into this a little bit more in our next episode on the team previews, really the role that the, the younger guys are going to play. Obviously Jay was, I would say notorious for playing and relying on just his older guys. And I think this year in particular, yeah, you, you could go old, but there are a lot of younger guys who are looking to break into the rotation especially with how last year played out where we didn't have a ton of young talent that was really able to make a a big impact. So you're going to have a lot of guys fighting for spots. And honestly, if you don't rely on the young guys, then I don't know, this team to me is, is I think going to be going to be pretty capped. So we got to let people get, uh, get loose. And yeah, I, I don't know. I hope we play a little bit faster. I hope we, I don't know, mix it up. We've got some pretty athletic guys on the team. So let's, uh, let's let it fly and get the balls in the air and, uh, I don't know. Let's get it running. The one thing that I will say is that I don't know if we can truly judge Neptune by this year, whether it's because there are a number of reasons, whether it's because Jay's passing fucking notes on the sideline, right? like just being around, right? Like, or it's, you know, yeah. Jay's playing the puppet master, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but whether it's, whether it's that, whether it's the fact that Justin Moore is injured for half the year, whether it's the fact that it's still all of Jay Wright's, team and players and all that other stuff. And we've seen recent examples of a brand new head coach, uh, Davis, 
Kevin Ollie making big time runs with with take in the first year taking over a program with uh, a Hall of Famers a retiring head of Hall of Famers team right like I don't know if we can truly judge this year by Neptune and one thing that people are looking towards around the Nova Nation Villanova Twitter the the, the message boards etc is what well, what kind of recruits is he getting next year um and if we're being honest, there hasn't been a recruit signed for uh, committed for next year yet. Now, a couple different thoughts at play here. One, still got a, quite a bit of returns. So, so like the argument, yeah. right, to to people is to say, well, Cam's going to move on. Okay, well, Villanova hasn't had a one done before, right? Like Mark Armstrong could be a one and done candidate, but who knows? Justin Moore. We would expect would go pro after this season, but I think he even still has a year after this. Um, and and you got Eric Dixon, who is probably you know a full timer. You got you got not yeah not Joku. You got um, you got a, a bunch of different players. You got um, oh my god, I'm just drawing yeah, blanks po- all over the po- point, point being basically points being basically everybody can come back. Uh, most people can come back. The only guys who got to leave are is uh, is Slater. Um, and, and Daniels, and Caleb, and Caleb yeah. Daniels, right? So, so there isn't like a whole bunch of needs in theory all over the place. Everyone can come back. Now, you could get into a situation where where it gets pillaged, in which case I think you're going to see Kyle go after the transfer portal a little bit to try and, to fill out the roster because uh, because Whitmore and Armstrong go pro, Moore goes pro, whatever it may be. Um, so I think you might see him do that after the season, but. I'm not really looking for like a three, four sidey class here. Like to me, this is at most one or two plug hole type. This is a one or two guy plug a hole type class. So I'm not sure that looking at the recruiting for next year is really the sign of things to come for, for Kyle Neptune. He did the recruiting at Villanova for many years. I think he's an adept recruiter. I just don't think that you can look at 2023 and say, this is it because of the team that's going to be coming back the following year. And also yeah. just logistically, if you think about it, these are high school juniors at the time of when Jay retires. We've been talking to Jay for six months minimum, maybe two, three years max. And now Jay leaves and there's a new coach coming in and he has to reconnect with them who are recruits. But once again, he still has his own team to handle. He has to reconnect with recruits, reconnect, um, reconnect with their families, explain what his vision for Villanova basketball is. There's so much change that's going on. Has to I don't figure out ex- what his vision for Villanova basketball. Yeah, figure is out what his vision. <laughs> I don't. There's so much change going on. I don't think you could logically expect a high school junior about to be a senior to commit by September, October, when in April everything that they had for the last, let's say, year at minimum had changed. And there's also ten other schools who are still recruiting. Yeah, so I think it all makes sense and adds up. That's a great point, actually. I couldn't even imagine being Kyle Neptune. Just like you said, like no real preparation, just, just getting a call like a week prior. It's like, okay, here you go. Like all of this stuff is in motion. And Willie, I think you're spot on. It's like, okay, shit, I got to lock up these three guys. And if I figure that out and get them committed, that's an absolute win. And check this year off. Fuck it. We'll figure it out next year almost. Yep. Like that's that would be my mindset if I came in. Like, yeah. I'm set for the next nine months. Great. I'll deal with it on the back end because I'm looking at this roster saying, yeah, most of these guys come back. I'll be set for next year too. So I'll be all right. Yeah. 
Yeah, firmly agreed. And if it sounds like we're wearing a little bit of Nova colored glasses, maybe a little bit, but I really think that I'm being honest. Like, I don't think that like, like I'm not that worried about the following year's recruits. We'll, we'll see how it goes this year. Um, Mid year. Like I, it might be abundantly apparent that we're going to need heads after, you know, based on how this year's going, that's a good problem to have. I don't let, yeah. Let's have that problem. If, if, if all of that's happening, then that means this year's going pretty damn well. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Uh, um, okay. Uh, a couple other things um, from this off season um, we, we got to, we got to talk about. Um, we hinted at this earlier, but Willie, do you want to cover some of the uh, NBA player? Yeah. Uh, Villanova NBA pro uh, player happenings. Yeah, so we hit on the big one, which is Jalen Brunson getting engaged, which is the most important thing that's happened. Um, but alongside those those big names of getting engaged, we also have Brunson signing what was a four-year, $104 million contract with the New York Ooh. Knicks. He oh, left cool. the Dallas Mavericks after having a standout play at playoff series where I think he dropped, what was it, 40 versus the Utah Jazz in like game one? Um, yeah, 41. And so had a huge playoffs, which really put him on the national scene. Um, He was probably going to get around $80 million before the playoffs happened. And then the playoffs happened without Luka, where it was kind of like, oh, Jalen Brunson couldn't be the engine of a decent playoff team and win win you a first round series, which changes the way that the basketball calculus happens. And that's how you get $104 million guaranteed. Um, I know there's probably a lot of Knicks fans who listen, so I think you're in for a really good season with Jalen Brunson. Um, but what's more important to th- than that is making the New York Knicks Villanova North and Ryan Archidiakono coming into the fold and signing alongside Jalen Brunson, who I'm sure along as one of those earmarks on the $104 million contract said, you're also bringing back Ryan Archidiakono. <laughs> So really big news there. And then across the league, there's other uh, happenings that happened. Uh, a personal favorite of mine, Dante DiVincenzo, signed with the uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, had an injury, kind of was dealing with a little bit of um, la- injury, rust and lag, I'd say, last season. Uh, started to play a little bit better as the year ended, and market wasn't really what he thought it was going to be. And signed a kind of a prove-it deal with the Warriors. But it was a prove-it deal in the way that it was like, we expect you to prove it and we're going to let you prove it and then opt out and go get more money. Um, my sneaky take is he doesn't opt out and he just stays with the Warriors because why would you want to leave that organization unless you're a Jordan Poole or Draymond Green? Um, but that's another issue for another day. <laughs> that might be a reason to stay. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Poole has a bunch of reasons to stay soon. Um, and then across the league, we had a couple of other uh, goings and comings. Um Josh Hart picked up his option with the uh, Portland Trailblazers. And then Eric Paschal, who sneaky was like weirdly almost out of the league in a weird way, which I don't fully get, signed a two-way deal with the Timberwolves. Um, I expect Eric to play well and when he does hit the floor and get signed a long-term deal. Um, he's clearly an NBA player, even if he's like a back-end of the rotation NBA player. Yeah, Eric yeah. was an interesting one. It was... Uh... And as some of the more information came out about that, it was like literally, to your point, very much almost out of the league, like was considering just saying, yeah, like that was it. It was a good run. But evidently Donovan Mitchell, who we all know is like a good friend of his from childhood, was like really pushing him hard. You're like, no, no, like go try it, go try it. And the fact that he he had to sign a two-way deal this many years into the league is is kind of a, a weird sign. So yeah. hopefully he 
he takes the most of it or makes the most of it and, and plays himself into a full-time roster spot. But that was definitely a, a weird one. Dante's another weird one, to be honest, too. Like, as more stuff has come out around it, it's uh, it's been kind of interesting. Like, he he alluded to what happened to him around the trade deadline last year as he was getting traded and him not even really knowing what was going on, which I guess is kind of the norm, right? Like, as an NBA player, you, you don't have the full intel until you get a call and said, hey, you're going somewhere but he thought he was going to Boston, which obviously, you know, would be a great situation in general versus going to Sacramento, which is not a good situation for anyone, no matter what profession you're in, whether you're in basketball or, or literally just living your life as an average person. It's a terrible place to be. Um, that being coming from a guy who's never been there, but it just seems like an absolute shithole. So anyway, um, the other interesting thing about Dante, too, he was the subject of some interesting commentary from one of his new teammates, <laughs> Andre Iguodala, who basically said, hey. He's pretty good for a white guy, and he's one of these white guys who deserves to be in the league. So it was, uh, I mean, it I don't was know, think, awesome. Think that, that Andre Iguodala quote was fantastic. Yeah. It was like, okay, all right, sure. It's something he never should have said, which is exactly why I'm happy that he said it. He was just like, yeah. I usually don't like his white guys in the league, but this but, guy, he's he's good. I like yeah. him. <laughs> so, 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 like, the, the random part of it is, like, the thing I actually took away from it, I was like, okay, well, that's good because, as we said, like, Dante was pretty injury prone. He had a nice role with the, in the Bucks two years ago, I guess. But then last year with getting hurt um, and just kind of never, or two years ago getting hurt and then having a weird year last year, there were kind of these question marks. So if he's already proving it to an experienced vet like Andre, like that's that's really good, actually. Like Andre's yeah. been around the league for a really long years. time. Yeah. yeah, like he's played with some of the best the best players. So I don't know. It may have been a crazy quote, but the guy probably knows some talent when he sees it. I mean, that's a guy who's played with, started off playing with Allen Iverson, is now playing with Steph Curry, like yeah, generations. Kind of he's seen. Yeah, he's yeah, seen, yeah, he's yeah. seen it all. And yeah. he's seen. Some I think shit. he's yeah. saying Dante's okay. in the same sphere as Allen Iverson and Steph Curry. I don't know. That's what I'm. I think. I think that's, I think that's what we're saying. That's the that's, right way to read it. Absolutely. That's exactly how you should read it. Yep, hundred percent. Yes. Um, yes. Willie knows. Willie knows the takes we make. I like it. It's perfect. <laughs> So what is anything else big from around the uh, from around the uh, the association, if you will? The only other thing I can think about that relates to like the Villanova team is um, Colin and Jermaine. Um, so Colin yes. uh, signed a didn't get drafted, um, but signed a two way contract with the Denver Nuggets. Um, played really well in the summer league, and then got hurt at a Villanova practice, as is tradition, which I think we'll talk about <laughs> at some tradition. point. Um, the Vill- way Villanova will beat you up in practice like no other school, no other school or team can do. Um, but what's good to know is that Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets weren't going to cut him, one for getting injured, and like genuinely believe in him. And something that happened early in the preseason was Monte Morris, who was the Denver Nuggets' long-term backup point guard, actually tweeted at Colin um, very early, was saying, "Oh, this guy's like an actual like league person. He's really good." Um, so he already got Colin's got a co-sign before playing ever playing a game. It sounds like the Nuggets adore him and are really willing to support him, which is great to hear. And Jermaine has been around the program a bunch. Uh, but my understanding of his situation is he's going to be playing on the Pacers G League team. Um, it's just the G League training camp hasn't really started yet. But that's my understanding of it. Um, I'd imagine Jermaine will bounce around the G League for a year or two. Maybe he'll prove it and get called up to the big leagues. If not. Jermaine's going to make a lot of money playing in Italy and having a lot of fun. Good. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Um, 
think we got to talk a little bit about some of the other things that happened around the, the conference, right? Because we're going to touch on conference and, and the team and the, and the schedule here a little bit. So I think maybe we touch on a little bit of that. Um, the big news coming into this year is that, is that is Creighton, right? Like is, is that Creighton signed a bunch of Creighton's bringing back a bunch of guys that had a very good end of the season, Big East tournament run. So it gave KU everything they could handle in the tournament. They had Nemhart's coming back from his injury, his wrist injury. Um, they got um, every, everyone that they, everyone that they had. They got injured again last year because it was yeah. everybody like is coming back um, from injury. They got a transfer in uh, Baylor, and I'm gonna forget his name. Baylor Shireman. Shireman, yeah, is uh, is is the guy who um, Providence had to play on uh, South Dakota State, who is a power forward who could drill threes um, and is an excellent all-around player and kind of fits Creighton like a glove and is kind of like a per- – he's honestly like he is the Creighton guy. Like he is a perfect Creighton-esque um, fit, and I feel like we're going to really rue ru- that this season. <laughs> but uh, Big shades of Doug McDermott. Yeah, big, big shades of Doug, Doug McDermott. Um, and so they got – Greg McDermott, who has done an excellent job there, by the way, um, has everything rolling right now. And and so they're expected to kind of be like Final Four good, um, maybe National Championship good uh, this year. So he, don't be surprised if rolling into this year you see Creighton as a Final Four contender um, or, or people picking them into their Final Four at the beginning of the year, winning. They're probably going to be voted by the coaches to win the Big East. Like, I'm just preparing everyone who's not kind of into this yet. Like, Creighton's going to be voted number one in the Big East. Just get that into your head. Yeah. Um, so they, they're kind of the story coming into this year. Um, and then UConn continues to generate headlines. They had a bunch of transfers out of players who candidly were not getting a lot of playing time um, in Hurley's system. Hurley brought in a bunch of transfers in uh, and and is signed a new recruiting class for the following year that's apparently incredible that they're called their the Fab, Fab Five. five. Yeah. Their new Fab Five, that's what they're talking about. That's how they're talking it up. Um, but after a disappointing finish the last year, UConn's also talked about really well. And then the other team that's really kind of highly discussed is Xavier, um, who at, at they finished the regular season last year was obviously horrible, horrible. But they fired Travis Steele. They bring in Sean Miller back to the program, um, and and they win the NIT. So they go on a little bit of a run there too at the end last year. And they say this team again has a lot of talent on the roster and with a better head coach who has experience making it to sweet 16s and elite eights, this should be a team that, that, that should be, it should be a contender. So there's a little bit more, I would say the big East this year has in in prior years, we've lamented the fact that the big East is like a, like a clusterfuck in the middle, which it still kind of is this year, but there's a little bit of high end here. Um, with talent-wise between Creighton, Villanova, UConn, and Xavier, where it could be a year where we get less teams in but more teams further in is is kind of like the thing, which Rob's giving thumbs up right Sign now. Sign me up. Let's yeah. go. 
But I, I'm not saying that's a guarantee. Somebody else, but somebody else carry any load here, please. Yes. I'm Guys, not saying that's a guarantee, but that's kind of the that's kind of the that's kind of the discussion point here. Before, yeah. we move, before we move on, and you guys know I'm a stickler for people speaking correctly, with the Fab Five thing, do you think they know the history of that team that, you know, didn't win and then had to vacate wins and the one guy won't even go back to the school, they'd take all their banners down? Like, is that the prediction for UConn? I think UConn would be happy, the fact that they could win a tournament game, um, which they right, haven't but like, since 2016. I feel like being like, oh, we want to be like the like Fab Five is – Probably backwards. They're not friends anymore. Yeah, so I completely get that. Absolutely, right. yeah, like, absolutely not. not. They're not appreciating wanna... the history. It's thirty years yeah. ago. Come on, we just, I just the highlights. I just, I'm a stickler for that. It's just tough to be like, that's who I want to be. It's like I don't know. It's like being like, I want to be the Raiders that lost to the you know Tom Brady because of the Tuck Rule game. You know, like what? It's a bizarre thing to shoot for. Right, that's all I had. Yeah, completely get that. I think that's, I definitely agree with that. And something you brought up that is super interesting um, is, I mean, we have those four teams. I think one that you didn't bring up was um, the Butler team. Um, Butler bringing back Thad Mata, or not bringing back, but pulling in Thad Mata, I think it's going to be a really good pull for them. They have a bunch of transfers coming in. I think Butler could be sneaky, really, really good. And I just want to get Creighton their props on one thing. Um, First off, I'm gonna put I want to put this take on the record now that I have this platform. Kansas from last year was bad, or not as good as they really. They should, I think they're the worst title team in the last ten years. And Creighton would have beat them with Ryan Kalkbrenner. Providence should have beat them, and we have Justin Moore. We should have beat them. So that's my take, and I want to give Creighton their their flowers because Ryan Kalkbrenner's back, and I think they're going to be really, really, really tough out. Cockbrenner scares me zero, but then again, I'm never scared by tall bigs. So, oh, not a problem for us, but for everyone else. Yeah, Cockbrenner, <laughs> Cockbrenner, Nunji, Sonogo. You know, a lot of bigs in the Big East this year, um, and around yeah. the country, it's actually kind of a thing. Um, so, so bouncing off of that, let's talk a little bit about our roster because we touched on we touched on the. Um, we touched on some of the top four or five teams in the league uh, rosters uh, this year. Who do we who do we have? Who do we have? What's going on? So Justin Moore had successfully um, uh, Achilles uh, repair surgery. Um, there's been a lot of noise going on around him. First, there was you know the timetable is who the fuck knows. Then the timetable was you know February March. Then. Everyone's been kind of working off of the February time frame as kind of like the idea. Then he sits down with John Fanta and he just says, I'm going to be back by the beginning of Big E season. <laughs> and then Villanova just had its media day and they kind of walked that back a, a, a little bit. They, they walked that back just to 10. They were just like, look, he's excited. It's progressing well. I'm not ready to commit to a timetable. I know he wants by the beginning of Big E season, but we're not ready to share a timetable yet. We don't know. It's a difficult injury to recover from. That was kind of like the the noise coming out of um, Villanova's media day there. So all, all things considered, I don't know what to, to make of the Justin Moore situation. All I'll say is, obviously, earlier the better, as long as he's ready. Um, um, I heard a good point on a podcast recently. I think it was Rob Dallister at uh, Field of 68 said 
Justin Moore's game isn't reliant on being extremely explosive. So that could be that could be a benef- beneficial thing. Like he's not like beating guys off of like off of off of explosiveness. He's beating guys off of strength um, and and guile. Um, so that's kind of his that's kind of his style. So it's a so that might help him get back in the rotation more quickly. I, I think January sometime, based on all of the tea leaves that I read. Does he say in early? He say in late December. Originally, it was February. I'm gonna mush that together and say he's coming back in January. How does that sound? Sounds great. If if he comes back in January, I'm gonna be absolutely ecstatic. Like that's that would be phenomenal. I just yeah didn't expect anything near that. I thought this. I thought the season was a wash, to be honest. Like total wash. And here we are. Thinking optimistically, he's back around that time, getting the flow of things. Like, sign me up 100 times out of 100. Yeah, there's a part of me that thought we saw him play his last basketball game. Totally. So, totally. this is great news, and adding him in um, midseason is a big, a huge part. And then, yeah, yeah I mean, the rest of the roster, I, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. So, we got to talk sure. about Whit- Whit- Whitmore's I, injury, right? Oh. Do we have to? Do we have to? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I mean, we got to talk about Whitmore's injury. So um, tell me if you've heard this before. Uh, Villanova hand Villanova player hand injury uh, occurs in practice. I don't know if you've ever heard that story. Um, not something that we've ever had to cover on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we need to get Shaq back on the pod, and we need to go down, and we should just do a hand strengthening, entire podcast on hand strengthening. What does he do for the guys? Because he clearly needs to do a little bit of a refresh because the hands are just not working. It's yeah. unacceptable. Not working for me. So, but this injury is a little different, right? Like we're gonna talk about this because it's it's been broken hands that we've been more accustomed yeah. to, which I think we all know is four to six weeks. Like the whole Nova Nation knows that a broken hand takes four to six weeks to come back from. But the um, but this is a tendon, so it's a it, this could take a little bit longer, no? Yeah, it could. Um, my understanding of it is we're looking like at six to eight weeks. Yeah. And the difference is, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I know doctors. The difference is from, you know, from a bone bruise healing, you know, your bone is healing, but there's not necessarily anything that's changing from like a muscle motion standpoint. And now there's a tendon injury where that there's some extra work to be done there. Um, so, I mean, they said they're going to reevaluate him in November. I think that's just them being, being like, oh, we're going to look at your hand and say, like, how many more weeks is it till um, <laughs> you can play? I I mean, we don't have a timeline. Um, we can speculate on timelines all we want. Um, I'd imagine some point in December mm-hmm. he'd be re- ready to go. Um, but it's a bummer because we're going to miss out on a very – we're going to miss just a, on a very talented player who's frankly not going to be a villain over for any more than 40 games. 40, I think 41 we could play this year, actually. Um, so it's a bummer in that regard. But, I mean, it's just – it's business as usual at the Nova Nation. You go in, you come to school, you get beat up. You break your nose like Caleb Daniel did. You get a concussion like Brendan Hausen. Um, you, you tear your tendon in your right thumb like Cam Whitmore did. That's just that's just life on the Nova Nation. That's welcome, welcome to College 101. We got a lot of injuries. The other two that you mentioned, Caleb will be back by the beginning of the season. Um, and 
And Hausen is a concussion. He's already uh, back. Yeah. Oh, so, Trey Patterson with his fourth hernia. Yeah. So, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. This guy is getting annihilated in the offseason here. Um, but truth be told, in some way, I, I said this on Twitter, it's like it's a little bit like a, you know, chicken noodle soup like it's like soup for the soul it's like okay well Villano- nothing's changed in the villanova program so <laughs> these guys are just doing the same thing that they've always done just beating the fucking shit out of each other in practice every day um but i mean i really do hope that we get whitmore back pretty quickly because he is a difference maker but the one good thing and i hate to say this i don't want to spin too much goodness out of all of this but with more being hurt we touched on playing time for the younger guys earlier more being hurt, Whitmore going to be a little bit of time to get back. Like playing time for a lot of guys um, coming for you know uh, you know for for this team, which I think is going to pay dividends later in the season, right? Like these guys are going to be it's going to be growing pains early, and unfortunately, we get right off to the races. LaSalle, Temple in the first week, we have one cupcake, one total cupcake in Delaware State. But I think we got – I think we have just, like, uh, a lot to get off the ground with. But it's a uh, – it's going to take a little bit of growing pains, but then the dividends will come in the Big East season when these guys are going to be knowing what they're doing, having gotten real legit playing time at the college level, um, and then have Justin Moore back and have Cam Whitmore there to, to be able to lead that team. So uh, that, to me, is I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Health willing, yeah. we're going to be really – Elsewhere. I don't know. I'm a little it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting year. I'm worried about if we're talking about, we're already talking about staging guys in and working them in. Obviously, you know, we're used to how Jay does things and we've seen the challenges kind of getting people worked in. I am a little bit concerned about and again, we'll get more into this in our, our follow-on episode. I am a little bit concerned about having to stage people in in what is already going to be a, a somewhat new, a somewhat different system for everybody to be learning, then dropping people in, figuring out what those dynamics are, figuring out what that new rotation is. Then we drop Justin Moore in at some point, figuring out what he can do, what his capabilities are, how he fits in, how that then further shifts things. So it's it's one of these things where it's like adding good players should in theory always be beneficial and ideally look at an account of player the caliber of cam whitmore that early on in the season will definitely add value to the team in the long run and a player the caliber of justin moore should in theory add value and make this team better come march but it's not going to be easy it's not going to be just like a a one-to-one just kind of drop somebody in and okay boom this team is better so that that is that is, I think, going to be something challenging that we're going to have to deal with throughout the year as we're kind of bringing people in at various points. All fair. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. Any other off-season happenings we need to recap? Brian, you sent something around the uh, the chat here. You want to touch on that? A little NIL action? Oh, yeah, sure. So I just saw a tweet. I didn't, I didn't tweet it. I, I saw it. I read it. It, it came across my feed. I saw a tweet um, and it is about a group and looks like it's led by Randy Foy and former coach, former LaSalle coach, Ashley Howard. Um, they're doing a Friends of Nova launches to support um, NIL opportunities. So we've seen a lot of other schools do this. 
with kind of putting someone in charge of sort of sourcing some deals for kids and then helping them through it. So not super surprised that Villanova would do that. And uh, I think Randy Foy would be a great person to have on that, obviously. And, uh, you know, Ashley Howard being familiar with the program. Yeah, let's let's get some better NIL, NIL deals than we had last year because – It's better than Outback Steakhouse, Rob. It, well, Outback Steakhouse was one of the better ones, all yeah, right? Yeah, it was. Col- yeah, that, that uh, until Colin story. said he likes overcooked oh, steak. Yeah, that was, that was a myth. Steak was is elite, myth. I heard. I heard steak no, is elite. No, cooking steak in the, in the oven. oven is elite, Brian. Yeah. I heard that on Twitter. But but in all seriousness, Colin was one of these guys who got, he was like a bar school sports athlete, which means nothing, obviously. But then he did get a legit Outback Steakhouse deal. But then didn't he also have the random, I'm sure this will probably be some listener who will call in and and hate it. Car dealership. He he had like a car dealership. Wasn't there like a a random suit like supplier in there? It was so terrible. He had the same car dealership that Jason Kelsey used to promote, and it's the same commercial. So, like, I, in, in the Philly area, that's, like, a normal... Yo, all local car dealership commercials are the same commercial. Yeah. They're just fair. different people and different <laughs> you locations. You know who had the best NIL deal out of everybody? Justin Moore and the the Wawa King. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, we did have good... Yeah, well, well, I think we did have good ones. To, to be honest, all of these are pretty decent, like... That being said, unlike other schools, like Texas A&M football, Villanova is not lining up nil deals on behalf of these guys as a form of legal payment to uh, attend sh- the school we should be we don't know that we absolutely well if be. we are and the best we can do is the local jaguar dealer i think you know we've got a lot of work to do our money moves silent yeah like lasagna like can't a banker at jp morgan just bankroll the whole team or something i don't know not with the recession. Isn't coming. that how NIL deals work? <laughs> I mean, There's a recession, inflation, supply chain. We need we need someone in Abu Dhabi. Supply chain. chain. Supply chain. Maybe yeah, we could we borrow need. some of like F1 Can we get live? Can we get live in here? <laughs> we have an offshore yeah. account. <laughs> I don't know uh, if Father Peter would really appreciate the religious views of the what Father is he? Peter, the king? Father Peter is a welcoming guy. He or accepts a, everybody. Is he a sultan or a king? Whatever. Depends on who you're talking about. Yeah, we talk about MBS. I don't think he'd go for MBS for a number of reasons, but I don't think we need to cover that on this podcast. I don't know. They have those Villanova ignore change signs all around the school that I see when I drive by. (laughs) Villanova ignore change. Oh, it's so good. dig up all the loose change and give it to this NIL fund. Oh, my God. Um, All right. That's all we got, right? That's all we got. I think so. Let's call it a podcast. Let's call it a podcast. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Um, this is our, uh, our off-season review episode. We will be back in the coming weeks with a season preview podcast. So we're going to actually talk about the season in more depth. Um, part of our part of our launch series uh, for uh, for this year's season, um, and then we will have a breakdown. There will be two more podcasts to come before the season season preview and then we're going to get our first game preview podcast we're going to talk about the first two big five games on the slate so thank you everybody for listening and as always let's go nova